write the damn letters. I come first. <laughs> no. Welcome to Letters from the Road, stories and encouragement from your traveling friends, us, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Hey, friends. <laughs> this is as good as it gets this week. I'm a little sick. All right. <laughs> I usually re-record that like seven times. Have you tried being a little sick? Oh, my God. It's so fun. Thankful for the magic of editing. You probably won't hear all the sniffles and coughs, but you might hear my voice is a little raspier than usual. I think we're going to have a great cast anyway. This is episode 35. Today we are talking about a letter that is called If There's a List. It's a little more serious than some of our letters, but I think it's going to be a really good discussion. Yeah. Uh, in the first half here, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to. But first, I'd love to remind you that Letters from the Road is also a substack. Lettersfromtheroadpod.com will take you there. A substack is a newsletter format if you're not familiar. If you want to subscribe for free, you'll get two letters a week in your inbox on Mondays and Fridays. Completely for free. Cast is still free. But if you want to upgrade your subscription to show us you like what we do, you can do that there as well. It's $5 per month, $40 the year, or more if you so choose. You'll get access to our Pen Pals Discord, which is a lot of fun. We're kind of always chatting in there about all kinds of things, books and RVs primarily, but other things as well, destinations, things like that. It's been great. This week, we uh, welcomed Kathy to the Pen Pals. Thank you for your support, Kathy. Yeah, thank you, Kathy. So, um, yeah, it's a growing group. We're having fun. We had a lot of fun on yeah. the Discord this week, actually. Our, our first like surprise bonus content was a virtual happy hour. On your birthday. On my birthday. I had so, a really yeah, good birthday. We were able to use that Discord server to mm -hmm. hop on a voice channel and yeah. get on our cameras. And our fun little group of pen pals was, you know, those of us who were able to make it. Yeah. Uh, were able to get on there and chat. Yep. And uh, yeah, had a great discussion about campers, camping, what we like to do camping. Kiddos. <laughs> Kid oh, kids and dogs. and Dogs. All of, fun all stuff. of that stuff. Yeah, it was a great time. We were glad that the people who made it were able to make it. Mm -hmm. We hope we catch more next time. But it was it was really fun. I liked it a lot. And I had, yeah, I can't wait to do more of these. Yeah, so we'll talk more about my birthday because that was one of the big things this week. But first, Clay, what are we drinking tonight? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> appropriately, uh, this week we have hot toddies. Yeah, we do. So I don't know if it was the lots of driving and little sleep, the sudden shifts in seasons back and forth and back and forth and back and forth from summer to fall. Might have been <laughs> Or, that. you know, going to a climbing gym for the first time in a long time. Uh, it might have been that. But uh, we both came down with some pretty nasty colds uh, by yep. like the day after your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least it didn't hit on my birthday. I had a remarkably good birthday. So I'm counting that as a win. Yeah, so we got yeah, some... Yeah. Well, hot toddies. Hot to oh, yeah. Do you want to explain what's in a hot toddy? Um, if you... Maybe someone's not familiar with a hot toddy. I don't know if I would have known how to make one. Yeah, I don't know. I think... I feel like they're like a British thing, maybe, originally. 
But okay. anyway, it's a it's a whiskey. I saw drink. you shout it when you're an Ole Miss fan. That's true too. It's a whiskey drink. Uh, there's not a ton of whiskey in it. No. Um, yeah, and it's just like one part whiskey, half part lemon juice, half part honey, clove, cinnamon stick for garnish, and hot water. Yeah. And it it's kind of a good alternative to like lemon tea. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're feeling a little spicy. So when I was when I <laughs> when you're sing, sick when, <laughs> when I, you're sick but you're like, hey, let's have some fun though. <laughs> when I well, I think bourbon's like supposed like whiskey's supposed to help you feel better, right? Like a traditional remedy, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. When I sang competitively in high school, uh, I notoriously would you had hot toddies. No, I'm sure they would have <laughs> helped. No, I used to do shots of like pure lemon and honey. Uh huh. That's like, that's the thing to save your voice. Okay. Because I would get sick all winter long, but also have singing competitions. And I would just like warm up some honey and squeeze a lemon into it and just drink it straight. Oh, I completely forgot about this. Yeah. I used to keep it in those little Tupperware that were like yeah. little sauce containers. Uh-huh. And I just. The tiny little ones. Yeah. yeah. I just like, look like a shot glass, yeah, but I, like a. Yeah. I do shots of honey lemon. It got the job done. It was for salad dressing, right? Yeah, I don't know. Pills, I think we, it's Tupperware. You can put whatever you want in it. And Tupperware with a capital T, not Tupperware, but it's actually something else because we were a Tupperware house. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) It was the 90s. It was not the 90s, but. Well, not anymore, but the Tupperware is from the 90s. (laughs) It's true. Oh, so yes, what you're hearing in my voice this week is not a distortion. It is just me having a cold. The natural distortion. Yeah, it's, it's like Phoebe's sexy phlegm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's not sexy. Anyway, so this week, some exciting things happened, even though we didn't move our camper. Number one, Iron Flame came out. <laughs> that is the and number is, one thing this week. It huh? is not. <laughs> A book club episode, but holy crap, if somebody wants to talk to me about the ending of it because Clay is not done with it yet and I read too fast, please, like, we join Pen Pals. We'll make a separate Discord channel just for spoilers for Iron Flame. I bet Aaron's and, done with it, but oh, like, I bet I, so. If you ask we her, we need I bet to talk about it. this. <laughs> I have thoughts and I need, I need to talk about it. I'm, hey, I am like. Almost 80% done. Yeah, okay. If I'm irresponsible tonight, oh, I'll probably finish it tonight. finish it tonight. You'll be up till but, two. But if I'm responsible tonight, be. I'll finish it tomorrow. You won't be. Once you get like to 90%, you can't put it. Like there's oh, no man. putting it down. Okay. So either don't pick it back up or be ready to just commit to the rest of the book. All right. That's good my... Know. Good to know. Like once it hits like 85%, at least yeah. for me, it was like, I'm just glued to this. Listen to us Kindle readers. I'm at like 80%. Well, his pages don't mean anything. You can change your font size. No, it doesn't. Well, anyway, whatever. No, it doesn't match the physical pages. Okay. I don't think. Anyway. Yeah, it said I had like four hours left in the book, and I think I read it in like two. Wow. Yeah. You're a double speed reader? No, I just like I read it faster than I read the rest of the book. Oh, okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Because it bases it on how fast you read. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so that came out this week. That came out um, this week. Like the day before your birthday. Yeah, and also the day before my birthday, um, we finally got into a rope climbing class and relearned how to belay for the first time in like over a decade. Yes, we did. So we climb a decent amount. We used to climb a ton in normal, but we mostly 
almost exclusively bouldered mm -hmm. for years. So we had done climbing like in gyms on ropes way, 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 way back before we had kids even. Yeah, but like but super like, casual like. Yeah, but like off and on with some friends, like, you know, once once in a while, more than a few times maybe, or only a few times. I don't know. But like we we climbed some. It was fun. But yes, like so casual. I don't think I could have told you what a grade was or anything like that. Right, yeah. Like it was just like, ah, oh, try that. That looks fun. And so we we went to a class at the gym here in Wenatchee. It's about 30 minutes away from Leavenworth. It's awesome. It's kind of like the bigger town in the area. Yeah, the gym was so nice. Like we're really excited to join this gym. It's called Riverfront Rock Gym. It's in like an old cannery or something. It's really cool. There's like a nice it has cafe. A different in it. feel to it, yeah. It yeah, has it like almost seems like a little ski shop. Different rooms, and yeah. you like go upstairs to go to things. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, but it's like nice. Yeah, it's not huge. It's pretty newish. It's like from 2017. Garrett said okay. our uh, instructor. Shout out to Garrett. Garrett was awesome. He put up with our shenanigans. He said we were good students, which I think is a lie. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, it's like we've I done it before. There was some muscle memory there. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. I still remember plus. Whole. Nope, never mind. I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't oh, remember for the, the L. technique. And then under slide or something yeah. like that. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, we have to take our test next time we go in. So hopefully we don't forget. What we're uh, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun for a couple hours. We've relearned how to get on ropes. I uh, can only go up to Boulder Height either on a rope, though. Yeah, it's pretty My funny. brain broke. <laughs> you get up to like the point where bouldering walls would stop and you're like oh i'm done yeah even though i'm not like gassed or like super pumped or anything i'm just like I'm pumped like meaning yeah. my arms are tired mm -hmm. uh i just my brain won't do it it won't go higher than that it's like we don't go higher than this it's not safe even though i know clay's great at bullying me it's totally fine anyway i mean i'm not that great whatever it's fine. We're you fine. might be you might be reasonable to be a little worried. <laughs> Damn. Okay. No. I'm just grateful fine. for the new boy devices. It was rough fifteen years ago. <laughs> I got my stupid the last time I ever blade, I think, was mm -hmm. when I got my hands sucked into the boy device because I had it too close and you fell. Yeah, that prob that kind of oh, like put a damper on things. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Chewed up all the skin between my thumb and my first finger. It was gnarly. It was pretty gross, and I was mad. I had to stop climbing. <laughs> so, as as you would be, we did that. And then Wednesday was my birthday. We went out to we had our happy hour with our friends mm -hmm. in the Discord. We went out to Yodelin, mm -hmm. uh, which is an awesome local restaurant here. Yeah, it's great. It's the best place we've been so far. I mean, other than like Icicle is great, but like Yodelin has food. Wait, I had Icicle, Icicle really has food. Really good cocktail, and I'm trying to remember what they called it now. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the name of it. It was Sorry. like a twist on an old-fashioned. Mm -hmm. But it was like a little herbal? Yeah, kind of spiced. Mm -hmm. It was so good. It was perfect for fall. It was like just really, really good, not over-sweet or overdone or anything. Yeah, my uh, salmon bowl was excellent. Oh, my God. I had a broth bowl, like almost like ramen kind of thing, but with mm -hmm. fish broth. And like I had clams added to mine. It was... They gave you a ton Delicious. of clams. I know. I the, adding the clams was like twelve dollars. It's not a cheap place, especially for the type of food. Yeah, and I'm but, pretty sure it's fifty percent more than last time we went there, which was two and a half years ago. But anyway, 
Uh, well, everything is. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. Uh, and the but the food is super super fresh. It's all like farm to table. They run out of stuff because you know when it's gone, it's gone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it was like twelve dollars to add the clams. And I was like, dang. Well, it's my birthday. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna get the clams. But it was a ton of clams. I was like, oh, that's that's actually a good deal. Yeah, it was like, wow, okay. It was like when you get a huge bowl of mussels and it's just like you're just pulling shells out mm-hmm. all night long. It was so good. Really, really liked it. Uh, the kids liked their food. Um, our server was really nice. It was a, a good experience. Yeah, one of the few times we went to the restaurant and everyone got was excited about their food. Yeah, so everyone we'll be back. Did like their food like after they got it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were like, oh, yeah, Littlest likes chicken noodle soup. Super pricey. Yeah. <laughs> they have burgers and stuff too. It's it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, totally. Highly recommended if you're <laughs> ever in Lebanon. Really like cozy atmosphere too. We hadn't been inside before. Right, because it was COVID. So they mm-hmm. only had the patio open when we were yep. there before. Yeah, or we would only sit on the patio. I can't remember. There was a, ha- it's there Washington. Was, they only okay. had it open. Because there was a time there where like, Things were open, but we still only sat outside. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we still prefer to sit outside when it's available. Uh, in this weather, I'm kind of 50-50. It depends. <laughs> I used to close all the heaters and stuff. Oh, I know. Me. It's so nice. So we've walked to town like 17 times. <laughs> it's a mile from town. From the KOA to town is a one-mile walk. Yeah. So it's a really nice walk. It's sidewalks and mm-hmm. you know um, metered crosswalks and stuff mm-hmm. the whole way. So it's easy. feel comfortable doing it with the kids or the dog. Oh, and, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've walked to town for coffee a couple times. Yesterday, we took our long walk and uh, got a beer at Icicle. Yep. Uh, it's a very dog-friendly town as well. Like A lot of the shops and stuff let dogs come in. Yeah, we took Frankie around today and went into the pet store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the pet store is so nice. So cute. It's small. But f- packed with stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just packed. And uh, the owner is really nice. And she was like, oh, you guys are going to be here all winter. I'm sure I'll see you. You know, like, it was yeah. just really nice. Oh, and she's like, oh, my she dog's outside. You can, if your dog wants someone to play with, my dog's outside with my daughter. Like, I know. It was so cute. Go ahead and have your dog play with my dog. <laughs> it was amazing. It was really cute. Yeah. It was really, really fun. Yeah. So we took Frankie out. And it was all seven-month-old puppy or like nine, seven to nine-month-old puppies. There was a seven-month-old Aussie. Mm-hmm. Playing with the the golden retriever puppy of the the store owner, and then like, yeah, it's all just puppies. And Frankie. And Frankie. Mm-hmm. Frank- it was it was a good day. It was fun. We got him a couple of toys. We had to replace his frisbee that I lost. So. So yeah, I mean, it's been a good week. It's been yeah, except for getting sick. <laughs> we got chores done too. Oh, we put up the skirting on the. We did easy snap skirting. We're mm-hmm. gonna we'll make some like videos about that because it's kind of interesting. We didn't get enough footage, but maybe I'll get more when we put up the the nose skirting. Yeah. But it worked pretty well. I It was about as hard as I thought it would be. Which, which was is like, to say like not terribly hard, but a little frustrating at times. Yeah. The actual like getting the skirt up on specific spots, not the spots I thought were going to be hard, but specific yeah. spots was a little bit challenging and to like, like cutting get it around stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was like. In the grand scheme of things, like not terrible. Like we only got mad at each other a couple of times, which for a project <laughs> that took a couple hours, you know, it's not so bad. Not so bad at all. And I think it's gonna stay up. Yeah, it's sturdy. It feels. It looks and it looks nice once we get down with it. I and we could immediately tell the difference. Like the floors are not freezing on our feet. Yeah, our furnace is barely kicking on it. Yeah, I mean, it hardly runs. Yeah. Like, well, we run our fireplace, so 
Yeah, so we have a it, space heater in the kids' room. Depending on how cold the lows get this winter, we may have to we'll adjust turn the that a little bit to not like, freeze the pipes. But, but yeah. I got um, I, this is what I need batteries for. Mm-hmm. I got a temperature probe thing that's like a, it's got a digital display. It's very low tech, and it was only like twenty bucks. But then like three temperature probes mm-hmm. that are paired with it. I'm gonna keep one underneath the rig, like kind of by where it freezes. Yep. That where it's frozen before. Mm-hmm. One like in the wet bay probably, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then one like outside probably just to sure or to in have the, the outside room. time yeah. yeah and so those are like we'll keep and it shows like humidity and like the temperature and so mm-hmm. that'll be nice so we can kind of keep an eye on if we're getting too cold under the rig. It's a good idea. You're because very clever. I uh, I think I stole that one from the KYD episode too. Nice. <laughs> if you're not an RVer or if you haven't like winter RVed, the quote four season rvs (laughs) aren't really four seasons but they kind of can be right and so they have heated underbellies and it means like when you run your furnace the heat will like get directed down by your pipes and your tanks and stuff Mm -hmm. as Um, well and then it'll like escape there too because your underbelly is not completely secure right and that works pretty well especially down to like i would say like 25 degrees it's like pretty good yeah. And we have tank heaters too. I don't think we'll end up using them because of how we're set up right now. And that's kind of like that's stuff that'll keep you from like freezing your pipes. But when it gets really cold or if you're there for a long time, the skirting really helps there not be like a breeze underneath. And then when you're pumping the heat down into the underbelly, it's kind of staying in there versus and, yeah, as like, opposed to just getting leaving. out. Mm-hmm. None of it's perfect. None of it's like greatly insulated, but it's better. When we run the electric fireplace, the furnace won't kick on very much. And that's fine as long as it's not getting like super cold and getting freezing underneath the rig. Right. Because that's what we ran into before is we ended up having to crank our furnace up to like 75 degrees, which is really hot for us. It's freaking ridiculous. In order to like get enough heat into the underbelly. Yeah. To not freeze the one pipe that always wants to freeze. And it was constantly running because we yes. were, it was a, we're we went, up on a hill in we Iowa. We went through 30 pounds of propane per day. Yeah, an entire large propane bottle had to be refilled every single day. So this is there. why we were like, we're never doing winter camp. I know, <laughs> I know, especially in this rig. In this but, rig. Like, but yeah, we've our furnace has barely run. Yeah. We, it's been over a week. I bet we it's still also, have half a thing of propane. It's also not winter yet. It hasn't really been cold, though. I mean, it's, it's been up. in the 40s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gotten below freezing one or two nights. So we have, we also have a heated hose um, that, that has like a thermostat and it'll kick on when mm-hmm. it, it's cold. So hopefully if it gets very, very, very cold, we'll probably just fill our tank and disconnect the hose. Right. It doesn't usually get that cold here. So I'm not going to worry about it too much. But if it's like single digits, like for a long time, yeah. I would disconnect the hose. Yeah. And that's what we usually do when we go somewhere where it's freezing. We didn't have a heated hose until we were going to be here for months. Right. It's totally different setting up yes. for months at a time. Yeah. I would not do skirting. I would not do... Well, now that we've set now up that we have snap, it, Yeah. We could put it up really easy. We could, easy actually. Snap. Yeah. So um, I would do it again with this rig. With, even if we were only somewhere for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. It'd, it'd be easy. probably be it'd worth be, it. It would be totally worth it. Yeah. Just because we already so have it money. set up, but like it was a, it probably took almost eight, com- like more than eight person hours of work. Oh, because there were two of us. Uh-huh. I was gonna say it was, yeah, it was like a half day job yeah. for two people. Yeah, and you really want two people. Yeah, but I, you know, we haven't had it all winter yet, but I would recommend it just in terms of like cost. 
We looked at air skirts also, um, which are really cool in terms of portability. I honestly didn't love how they looked, and they were like three grand. Yeah. And they didn't have a good option for enclosing like under the nose of the fifth wheel. So we haven't put up that part of our skirting yet. It's like a separate part. But the nose of the fifth wheel will have like a little storage area under it because we'll have skirting over that as well. Yeah, that'll be really nice. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think when we were considering having the Airstream here, yeah, that was like, oh, air skirts, airstream. Also, it's like super portable because it, you don't like, it snap. gets really small. So we screwed snaps onto our roof. And I for didn't want to exactly. Yeah. I didn't want to screw snaps onto the airstream. Yeah, but totally. Mm, you know, with this rig, I'm pretty happy with this. <laughs> yeah, and like when we, when and if we sell it, we'll sell it with the skirting that's already cut to fit and everything. Totally. Yeah. So it's like a semi custom option. You order the length of skirting you need, and um. And it comes in a roll and it comes with everything you need to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like semi-DIY, but it's a little nicer looking. It looks more like the fabric skirts that people like have custom made. Yeah. But it's way cheaper than that. It's way cheaper than that. So it was like one grand or 1200 maybe for like that, the main set and the, and the part for the nose. Maybe it was a little bit more, but it was, it was less than two grand. Yeah. Totally. Which is, Still a lot, but worth it for the comfort and not blasting through propane. Yeah, I think we're going to be super happy with that. Yeah, I think so. And this this gateway is such a good deal because we're not paying for electric. Yeah. So if we were paying for electric separately, we'd be, we've got like two space heaters going. We've got like our, our fireplace, our electric fireplace going. We've been, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not like using more than we need <laughs> no no, but, no 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 but we'd be paying quite a bit for right. it we'd, we'd be the balance would be different i think yeah, in terms sure. of propane and stuff but and we have cable which i didn't ever care about but you know it's we were home on a saturday sick and watched football it was really weird it was fun i went up to the office i was like wait you guys have cable here do you have <laughs> one of those coax cable things i haven't used one in years but um actually it the only place nice. we have the only other place we've plugged the rv into cable Sport Wilderness. Yeah. Because then you get the Disney, <laughs> Disney. Resort <laughs> yeah. stuff on your TV and your RV, That's and it's true. so cool. That was... When did we go there with this rig? Uh, so we didn't have cable in the Mantis. year ago, March? No, two years ago, March. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Oh, we had already gotten rid of that coax cable, so I needed to buy a new one. Yep. It was fun figuring out what we got rid of and kept for no apparent reason. <laughs> I had to buy new Reflectix, even though we had Reflectix to cut to fit all these windows. So. Yeah. Now I we have know. another project to do. It's fine. It's That's easy. The projects never end. Never One ending. place, traveling, house, RV, doesn't matter. Projects never end. Yep. But also the fun doesn't end either. <laughs> Sometimes. Is there anything else we need to cover from this week? That's kind of it. It's like... It's a quiet week. I mean, we could talk about Iron Flame. Oh but my God. That's for another podcast, I think. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It, oof. Clay will be back with his reactions to the ending mm-hmm, next week, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Next week? I don't think I can do reactions to the ending. Like, are we going to do spoiler alert for No, I just, week? like, are you happy? Are you sad? Okay. Yeah, what, we can do like, that. Like, are you in a complete state of what the fuck, like I am? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a, it's a, you know, chill week, which is what we were going for, both figuratively and literally. 
Yeah, I'm like hopeful that it can be a little less chill this week. I want to get back to the climbing gym a few times. Yeah, getting sick kind of slowed yeah. us down. That's okay though. We've got time. Yeah. I'm glad we like it felt I was telling Clay it felt like in college I used to always get sick over winter break. Like yes. I'd push and push and I'd have all this stuff to do and I'd be so sleep deprived, but I'd be fine all the way until I like I got home for winter break. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be sick. And yep. it feels like that. Like we were like going crazy, 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 crazy. And then we finally sat down and rested and then I got sick. Yeah, that's kinda weird like that, huh? Yep. It's like you finally like let your guard down, let your adrenaline yeah. down, and you're like, and okay, like, now my body's oh no, gonna, get sick. gonna get sick. But at least it's like when I had time and space to get sick, I guess. Yeah, it's fair. So anyway, our letter to discuss this week is um I don't know a good way to transition to it. Yeah, it's okay. We're gonna talk a little bit about using our voice, like raising our voices, which is funny because I'm losing my voice, but yeah. <laughs> uh, figuratively more the irony. Yes, um, yeah. more so. But I think we'll we'll do that now. All right. All right. Dear friend, recently I was sharing with Clay that I had heard back from one of our senators in response to my letter begging for support of a ceasefire in Gaza. My heart breaks for both the Jewish civilians targeted by Hamas and the Palestinian civilians in Gaza who are being terrorized by Israel. My heart breaks for Jewish and Muslim people who experience discrimination around the world and in the U.S. for the situations getting worse everywhere. I don't know everything and I don't have answers other than feeling pretty strongly that I don't want my tax dollars funding the bombing of refugee camps and other related war crimes. I think I'm informed enough to draw a line there. I hate that it feels radical to say that. It seems pretty straightforward to me. Clay kind of chuckled when I shared about the response. All of our national-level representatives are Republicans, staunchly against a ceasefire and pro-Israel. He said, you're going to be on the list now. I said, if there's a list, I want to be on it. For a long time, I've been more on the quietly subversive side. I've not felt confident enough or important enough or eloquent enough or informed enough to say a lot as events have unfolded, especially over the last five years or so. I posted one little thing on Facebook to say that Black Lives Matter, resharing something from my church that I thought said it better than I could. I've written a bit here and said more on the podcast. Most of you probably know where I stand on a lot of issues that can get labeled as political, but are really about human rights. I donate to abortion access in a state where I worked and it is restricted. I donated to End Money Bond in Illinois, which worked, by the way. But for a person who uses a lot of words, I have not used enough where it counts. When I was in the eighth grade, I had an independent study class for world history. I chose to study the period between World War I and World War II in Germany. My primary goal was to get a glimpse of understanding as to how Hitler could have risen to power, how the atrocities he led came to be. I had this fundamental understanding that people were generally not inherently bad. So how did a bunch of decent people let that happen? I was in eighth grade and our library and the internet were somewhat limited, but it was little by little. It was not speaking up. It was self-preservation in a time of economic distress. It was just trying to get by. When I was in elementary school, I remember for the first time understanding what slavery was and learning about the civil rights movement in the U.S. Reading about it as much as I could, 
both impressed with the leaders of the movement and disgusted at my ancestors at the idea that anyone could treat humans as less than human. My child brain could not compute. I think everyone thinks when they read about these historical events that they would have been on the right side of history. It's easy to say from here where it's all clear, but statistically, most of us wouldn't have been. A lot of us won't be because it can feel futile to even raise our voices or protest or call something wrong. We can't make anything better and we can invite harm on ourselves for being quote radical, but that's how we all shut up and things keep getting worse. Convincing small people like me that my voice is insignificant, that I don't have the right things to say, and people are going to be mad at me for it, so why even bother? So be mad, call me whatever you want, put me on the damned list. I'm tired of worrying about stepping on toes. I'm tired of listening to the lie that it is radical to think that all human life has equal value, that everyone should have housing and food and health care, that people should love who they love, be who they want to be. Caring about people is not radical. Thinking that people different from me are just as valuable as my own family is not radical. Thinking that books should not be banned, that people's dress should not be regulated is not radical. I refuse to succumb to that notion for another minute. I don't have a huge following or a huge platform, but I'll use whatever I have because I can. And if I don't and you don't, we might encounter a day where we can't. It really isn't that far-fetched. So if you can, join me on the list. Email, call, post, pray. Whatever you do, don't be quiet. There are so many issues in so little time, so pick a couple if you need to, but damn it, let's do this. If there's a list of troublemakers, I want to make enough trouble to be on it. See you down the road. Jamie. Uh, so now you're you're double on the list. I'm double on the list? Why am I double on the list? Well, because now we have an episode about it too. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, no. And, and a letter about it. So I guess you're triple? I think triple. you can only be on a list like one time. Maybe underlined. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. There's... I don't know if there's a, a list. Really. I would. I mean, there might be. But I mean, it is something that has happened in the past no, in our country. Really? <sighs> it is. I know. Yes. I know. Of course. I Communist know. sympathizers. Anyone? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I yeah. I guess, like, what I mean, I mean, it's pretty clear what I mean by that, but, like, being on the list, right, like, to me, it's, like, I want it to be clear to somebody 30, 40, 50 years from now that I, like, if there's any record of what I thought or what I stood for or what I tried to do, that it's, like, something I would be proud of that my, like, great-grandchildren would be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. That I would know... That they would know that their ancestors, like, at least tried something. Yeah. Yeah. It can feel, and I know you go into this in the letter, it can feel really hard to feel like we can make a difference at all. But, I, you're, but I think that's you're so, so right. much how, you get sh- how things get shut down, right? Right. You're so right that, like, if we succumb to that, if we fall into that trap, and if we make others feel that way, too, because we feel that way, like, that's how things perpetuate that's how 
yeah things get worse and like there's so much of like too like life is hard right now right Mm -hmm. like the economy sucks the job market fucking sucks i mean like i know that the economy doesn't suck on paper but it sucks for most average people yeah and like there's so much especially just with prices having gone up so much but and wages not having wages haven't and and it's like for the average person like thing is things are hard right now like the day-to-day life is hard so it can be really hard to have the energy to care or to do things about other things that are going wrong and that's like on purpose i guess or by design or however you want to put it but that's that's literally like what was happening in germany leading up to world war ii right like the after world war one they were like really economically destitute well yeah because it was their punishment right right and so people were like just looking for something inspiring right and so you get a little bit of parallels to like Donald Trump or something there, but also mm-hmm. you get like just the the understanding of like the average person of just like I'm just trying to live. I just want to feed my family. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't want trouble. I don't want trouble. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I can't invite trouble on myself and my family, right? Right. Things are hard enough Things, as it is. Exactly. And yeah. if it's not coming from me, then I don't need to worry about it. Right. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, and it isn't but it an is. individual's fault, right? Right. Right. But it's collectively like society's fault. Right. It's yeah. so hard. Especially with like um like the Israel Palestine thing. I mean, that's been going on our whole lives, like longer than our whole lives. Like forever. I mean, not forever, but not in for, like well, modern history. Mm-hmm. Since World War after World War Two. Yeah. But <laughs> Well, and the conflict extends before that really even, but Sure. Anyway, yes. So, and I think, you know, when we were kids in the 90s, it seemed like peace in the Middle East was like maybe in reach. That was a very hopeful time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that. Uh, Power, people, corruption, money, (laughs) signals and things from allies, like... I don't, who knows really yeah like and this is i guess like part of how i started the letter is that like i don't i'm not an expert i don't know like a lot of the like how this should get solved necessarily mm-hmm. or what is like the right outcome entirely i just know that i don't think we should be okay with like bombing children on purpose. Yeah. Like I think that's where I draw the line. Especially when it's coming from on our on our soil in the US, the politicians who are very pro that and making excuses for it call themselves pro life mm-hmm. in in being anti abortion. Right. And so I think I like I, this isn't a foreign policy podcast. This isn't a politics podcast. This is a like supposed to be stories and encouragement, right? This is encouragement to like call something wrong wrong. And and to that and that human rights and the the value of humans is not political. Yeah. Yeah, it's not political to say people matter. And I mean, call it political or not, it's important to say. A lot of Republican voters are for a ceasefire. It's not even 
it's actually fairly bipartisan in amongst voters. Yeah, I've heard, and I don't have something to cite here, but maybe we can put it in the show notes. But um, I've heard that on on several other podcasts yeah. I've been listening to is like, you know, polling data shows that like, are there like for people like people in general in the yes. U.S. It's like it's a very big disconnect between politicians, and, right, and people, right? Because I mean. <laughs> What are you going to say when so, when a pollster asks you, do you, you know, do you want war in Israel, like in this, between Israel and Gaza? But yeah. Well, it's tough, right? Because it gets construed as um, anti-Semitic to be anti what Israel is doing. And those are not the same things. And I would argue that it's anti-Semitic to equate Jewishness with what Israel is doing. Yeah, I think an- anti-Semitism is like racism like hatred yes. of jews right that's not it's not the same thing as condemning israel what a country is doing right like yes even if israel is a jewish country yes it's different it is it would so be it's just like there's so yeah. much and there's so much hurt and upset and anger all over about all of it and i don't i just i just know you don't fight terrorism with terrorism uh, yes. <laughs> you don't fight terrorism. Well, anyway. And that's, I guess, I guess when I was saying like, oh, it seemed within reach in the 90s and, and then I guess 9-11 happened, right? right. Yeah. And then our reaction to 9-11 happened. Right. Uh, and, and that's, and that's when we're, it's like, yeah, like in the moment I understood what was like, why we did what we did. But in hindsight, I'm like, oh shit. Like, well, there were a lot of us who thought it was pretty insane to be yeah reacting to a terrorist attack by declaring war, declaring war. yeah um yeah and it's because, man. Uh, yeah terrorism anyway. terrorism should be policed that was i mean our exposure to terrorism at that point had been like the unabomber right the oklahoma city bombing right right well how like, about terrorism the- was responded to by police Right. Or not, not at all, really, because if you want to talk about terrorism, you can talk about gun violence and especially mass shootings in the U.S. Oh, no, but terrorism specifically, it's not it's not used to talk about that stuff, really. Well, why not? I mean, people will say, like, oh, domestic terrorism, as if, like... <laughs> as if that's not terrorism to gun down a bunch of people in a grocery store. Yeah, but I think it's... The, the word has really just honestly become what people use as a shorthand to mean radical islamic terrorism i really think that's what it is right because we don't use that word when we talk about stuff that that happens on our own soil by our own citizens right (sighs) or radicals from other religions Mm -hmm. exactly what's the common religion amongst most of the mass shooters yeah who knows yeah it's a mystery um and that's like not to judge any religion by their most extreme <laughs> exactly participants right uh, that's any, the point yeah so i don't know what we hope to accomplish with this episode other than to speak kind of up speak up by, f- say what is on your mind get fired up say something even if it's just a facebook post or an instagram post 
it makes it safer for other people to say things. And it can be hard, I think, too, for me being a privileged white person to mm-hmm. like feel like it's not my place to say something. Right. A lot of times. And I think it's like you have to be careful how you say things when you're coming from that place. And I don't know if I do it right all the time. Right. And I think the best thing you can do is amplify other voices, the marginalized voices. But mm. also use your own voice. I think that's okay. I think in in reason, not trying to explain anybody's experience, not trying to say I understand what it's like or anything like that, but much more just saying like, hey, this is wrong and I know it's wrong and you know it's wrong and we need to say it's wrong. Yeah, and I think it's like when we think about things like, and I think you mentioned in the letter too, like banning books. Yes. Right? Like that's another one of those things. It's like, most people's reaction to that is, well, that's not right. But also... No one's doing anything about It's it. happening. Yeah. And only very few people are actually, like, acting against that happening. Yeah. So I was... I follow... Um, I don't listen to the cast as much, but I, I follow Head on Fire uh, with Don Martin on Instagram. He's great. He's an author, and he has a podcast. He talks to different, like, experts and stuff. Really cool person um and he has been covering what's been going on with scholastic i don't know if you've heard of any of this and it's really interesting so scholastic does book fairs right Mm -hmm. and they publish all kinds of stuff including diverse authors and diverse stories yeah but they have made it really easy for districts with band book bands to like opt out of anything that could be banned basically there's like a check mark for like a librarian to be like I don't want those banned books. I, I don't want any of the diverse authors. I don't want. Oh, just like one box yeah. to be like, hey, basically any, take anything, out take out all the controversial stuff. Anything objectionable don't yeah. include in my in my book sale. Wow. And like, to me, what Scholastic should be doing is being like, you either well, take the diverse authors or you don't get a book sale. Well, yeah, and I understand like Scholastic is probably like <clears throat> acting only in the interest of profit. Of course. Even though that. I thought was like a, well, they want you to think it's like <laughs> for for the good of the children, <laughs> you know, getting kids to read. Yeah. But. Yeah, but what you read is important. Man, that's super disappointing. Yeah. What you read is important. I, over the last few years, I've made it a mission to spend less time reading white men. Mm-hmm. White, straight, like kind of like cis het men. Not that I never do. There are books that I'm interested in, and I'll read them. Uh, but I try to like make sure that most of the books I read are from other authors, mm-hmm. because it, if you don't try, that's most of what you'll read. Right. Because it's Just most of what's by, out there. It's default, most of what it's gets get, published. It's most of what gets advertising. It's most of mm-hmm. like what's out there. Mm-hmm. So if you want to read other stuff, you have to think about it. And I and think even in fiction, right? Like, because you're just getting different perspectives and different things woven into the stories and you want that, right? Like you want to understand. Books are such a great way to gain understanding of other definitely, people. Definitely. And to like understand what their experience is like. So it's really weird that you, um, this is kind of a tangent. But yeah, I like tangents. Like you, you talked about um, the Empyrean mm. books. Uh, yeah. Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. Yes. And the uh, main character having. Taylor Samos. Yeah, EDS. Mm-hmm. 
um, and how that's like really like relatable. It's so weird. The level of representation is really strange. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh, like for for me, it's really interesting too to be like have that written like I know it's fiction, but like the author yeah. no, has the personal experience, yeah. right? And so it's like, oh, that's it. Almost like gives me a different view into like yes, you, yeah. <laughs> I, I was telling Clay that it's so weird for me because like so many of the physical things that Violet explains in the book, mm-hmm. I can like feel in my body almost because I can relate so hard to like having joints pop out uh, and that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's and because I, I don't know, we've talked about it on the podcast maybe I don't know much I don't know probably if we have, I I have Ehlers Danlos syndrome, mm-hmm. and so like I and I have like grossly dislocated my shoulder and all the joints and anyway. It's a thing. And so it's really cool for me as somebody who has that to see that representation. But then also, like you said, for you to understand it a little bit more. Obviously, right. it's fiction, but mm-hmm. fiction can be a great way to understand people, though. I think a lot about like um, I've read all of Celeste Ng's novels. Yes. And you get a really interesting insight into being Asian American, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not something I understand. I, I still don't understand it, but you understand more of it, right? Like you understand that experience more from reading those perspectives. Right. And I think that's what people push back against. <laughs> they don't want <laughs> don't the understanding. Understand. They don't want to see people. It's Life gets really complicated. Capitalism, <laughs> the way our country functions gets super complicated if you start seeing everyone as equally valuable. If you really fundamentally understand people and their experiences and you believe that they're just as valuable as you and you really start to feel that, mm-hmm. then there's a lot of discomfort you have to sit with, right? Because you have to start yeah. to sit with the grief of knowing that not everyone has equal access to things, that not everyone has food or shelter or access to education or healthcare. And if you see them as similar to you and you relate to them, then you think, well, I could be in that situation, right? And like, our, we right. do all this mental like gymnastics to try and protect ourselves and think that we're like, that, that'll that never happen to me. Mm. I'll never be like that. Sure. I think it's a lot of it. It's just like self-preservation. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, like, it's so healthy and good and like, just, to me fundamentally like what i was brought up that america is about though to live in a pluralistic country yes to understand people who are different from us and to that that to make us all stronger yeah and i think yes (laughs) yes yeah and it's just it, it it makes me i don't know i'm probably saying sad a lot but yeah, to see the regression. Yeah, the moves uh, towards like theocracy. Over the last 20 years, but especially over the last yeah. eight. Yeah, that was interesting. When Pete first announced his platform, his one of his big things was like focusing on democracy mm-hmm. and like actually focusing like and like how democracy was kind of at risk. Right. And that seemed radical, right? Right. And then we had January 6th. Right. It didn't seem radical to a lot of us at no, the time. No, it didn't. But I think it kind of sounds odd to be like, oh, America needs to worry about their democracy, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I I guess. I don't. It's just crazy. Everyone like, does though. That's the thing. Like every yeah. like, I don't know. They taught us in schools. Democracy is fragile. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. It didn't last in the ancient cultures. And like, well, why do we think that we're special? And I don't think America is a lost cause. And I still love America. And that's why I care. Yeah. Uh. Right. <laughs> exactly. Of course it's not a lost cause. And But it's like, it's not great right now. And I think, oh man. There are, I mean, we're we're feeling old because we're almost 40, but we're so young, right? right. <laughs> and so like right. a lot of people older than us have lived through periods like this before as well. And there there is like a pendulum swing to it that yes. doesn't make it okay. <laughs> no, and I think it swings a little further every time, right? And so mm, it's like... Interesting. I, I, I'm not sure about that. We never had a, anybody try to violently overthrow the government and kill the vice president before. Well, not on that scale, no. That's fair. Yeah. No, I was just thinking about the... Um, we literally like, like sat the, and watched cable news. The, yeah. And watched like a, a coup attempt unfold and they were like, huh, that was weird. I don't think we were like that was weird. I think <laughs> it a was lot of very, people were like, very it, unsettling. The way people just like moved on was just like I was like, what is happening? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's I, definitely more than just weird, but yeah. The way it gets talked about even now, I feel like we're afraid to call it what it is. Okay, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, maybe I'm too much in my bubble. You, you, you are in your little like <laughs> yeah. liberal policy podcast bubble. I don't listen to policy podcasts much anymore. The good ones kind of stopped because <laughs> it got less and less about policy and more and more about like like we can worry about policy later. Let's make sure people can live first. I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Well, and I think that's like, you know, getting back to, you know, what's going on in Israel and, and Gaza, which is so awful and hard to deal with and feeling like how can we, like, I understand the... Israel having a strong reaction to such a big surprise attack. But it, it's gone way, 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 way beyond. Yeah. 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 It's, it hurts so much to like care about things, right? I think that's why a lot of people avoid it. It's like, yeah, there's going to be some maybe retribution in terms of your reputation or people you know or love like being disappointed in you or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, But I think it's also like to be in tune to any of this stuff is to be like constantly grieving. So it's like you have to unplug from it sometimes. Right. I you do have to continue to live your life. Like yeah. You do, like, right. And it, yeah. 
it's such a dichotomy, such a struggle. Yeah. It's like, I mean, obviously nothing like the struggle of actually being in a war zone. But how do you continue to function? Mm-hmm. But and but also not be complicit and just shut stuff out. Yeah, I think that's what we're all trying to navigate, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answer. Yeah. Like I just know that I felt like I if I have a place where I write, I have a place where I talk. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna write and I'm gonna talk. Like that's what that's one thing I can do. It's and there's not like we don't have a huge following, right? But like it's something, right? Maybe somebody will share something with their friend or their. It'll encourage them to say something and it'll set off a chain reaction because it does like voting and money talk to our, our Congress people. So if they start losing campaign funding or if they stop, start worrying that they're not going to get reelected, then they'll change their ways. Mm -hmm. So we have to like, we have to, call and email our representatives and we have to make noise yeah and i think it seems like when you know when you get the response back from the senator and they're like well you know we're a christian nation so we basically yeah shared religious affinities with what was in chuck's yeah we have shared religious affinities that matter we voted in iowa so we have a real we have some real special well in our, our like we met in Iowa. We went to college, yeah. I feel strongly about voting in Iowa. That's part Iowa. of why we keep like, our Iowa residency. Yeah, Iowa like, matters I care to about us. Iowa. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we're officially based, right? So yeah, yeah. So it's not like oh Iowa, like I, I none of this like oh our conservative state they had blah 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 blah. No 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 no. no. Iowa, I mean you the Iowa Iowa. I know is very like moderate mixed well i don't know if it's moderate but (laughs) there's people like it yes oh god we could do a whole podcast about iowa but but if you want to read about politics in iowa you shouldn't read or anything i write you should only read liz lens oh it's a good point um (laughs) and anything she points you to if you want if you want midwestern politics Mm -hmm. coverage she's where to go absolutely yeah um her substack men yell at me is if you're not already reading it you should be yeah it's great stuff um and her books are fantastic as well um she's great yeah we don't need to go long about iowa politics but just to say or why iowa matters and why we still vote there and maintain residency there yeah like i don't know if there's anything we could say that she has fair enough yeah go read liz Realize on that, yeah. but I, I, yes, we care about it. It's not a lost cause. It is, well, yes, all of our representatives are Republican, but I feel strongly that there is also an ethic there of caring about people, and we need to remind people of that. Absolutely. And that used to, and I think still does, if people actually care, like think about it, cross party lines. So. I think it's a real thing. I I th- I still think it really is, or it yeah. can be. Yeah. Um. You know, but we have to remind each other of it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, and I know, like, again, as a white person who was grew up in Illinois and Iowa, like that was my experience, right? That 
people were watching out for each other. Yeah. And yeah. caring about other people. And um, if you were a person of color in Iowa when I grew up there, it, you might not have had the same experience. Or a queer person. Right. Definitely. An queer person. Yeah. So. Yeah. Got to acknowledge that too. Right. But I think if we make a point to remind people of the better angels of their nature well, I, <laughs> and I, to include everyone. I come back to traveling and I come back to meeting so many different people in so many different places. And I come back to mm-hmm. my lived experience of most people don't suck. Yeah. Yeah. Most people presented with somebody in front of them who needs their help, I believe will help them regardless of who that person is, regardless of if they'll vote for them to die, they will help for the, help them when they're in front of them. And it's just like <sighs> yeah. making that, making people make that connection between their vote and the person in front of them. Yeah, I think the problem is when we dehumanize people. Exactly. Right, and it, that's easier to do when someone's not right in front of you. Exactly. Um, people do it with people who are right in front of them too. It happens a lot with people who are experiencing homelessness, mm-hmm. um, especially in larger cities yep. where there are more people. Um, well, that's why we've talked about this before. Like, this is why people feel they need to blame homelessness on the homeless, right? And that happens across party lines. It's because it's uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Makes you feel, yeah, bad. Yep, like I'm letting this happen, right? Especially if you don't offer to help them. Right. But then if you're in a place where there are so many people you can't who help need everybody. help, you feel like you can't help everyone. Right. Right. And then there's all the arguments about how to help. Right. And it's... Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's so much of what needs to change and happen is systemic, but the way that that happens is by people talking and voting and activating. Yeah, friends, I mean, for me, you know, if <laughs> if someone needs some money and I and I feel like I can give them some money, I'm going to just give them some money. It's so funny. I feel like we're always on the same page, like with that. Like we'll see somebody and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to give that guy a 20 or that person a 20 or whatever. Like, yeah, and it's not necessarily every time no it it doesn't have to do with the specific person in any way no it's just like at this time i feel like we should right yeah or we have cash on us i happen to have cash in my pocket yeah we do like we've definitely like given food a lot like we would Mm -hmm. there was a person who used to stand on a corner on our way like between our house and my parents house when we lived in cedar rapids Mm-hmm. and we'd bake extra Christmas cookies when mm-hmm. we'd be on our way over and make sure that they got cookies. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I know cookies probably didn't solve any problems for them, but at least, like, it was something. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I Just spread good. I don't know. <laughs> but also, like, people deserve a treat, too, you know? <laughs> I'm all right I, with that, yeah. I bake really good Christmas cookies. Please? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Our littlest reminded me when we're like, well, we can do some baking again this winter. Yeah. She reminded me of, hey, you remember how we used to bake stuff and give them to all the neighbors? Give give bread and mm-hmm. give uh, bakes to all the neighbors? And I said, yeah, I do remember that. We should do that again. 
yes, we definitely should do that again. Smaller oven, but I think we can make it work. I think we can probably do something. I'm hoping we're going to get this other yeah, I know. countertop toaster oven sort of dealio that might work so, as a convection oven. I guess it's the twofold advice. Yeah. Threefold maybe is to say something however it feels right to you, mm-hmm. but don't be quiet. Mm-hmm. To also care for yourself because it's hard to care about all these things and you need some rest sometimes. And three, to spread joy in your bubble, in your circle, in your world. Mm-hmm. Um, because people who are joyful and cared for have an easier time caring for others. Yeah, definitely. Intangible physical care makes a big difference. Definitely. Well, you had three points in everything. Like a Baptist sermon. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Uh, Friends, it's not easy. Uh, no. We appreciate that you're here. Thank you for being here. We'll be back to something funny next week, probably. But this is just, you know us. We talk about a little bit of everything. This is Sunday night. And this is what was on our minds and hearts today. We wanted to share it with you. And I think we have a unique platform given yeah. our lifestyle and stuff. And just wanted to share that. So well, and I, yeah, I know our our followers, a lot of them care about this stuff too. Yes. So. Yeah. Whatever corner of the internet we are in and found, I really like it. It's bookish camper people <laughs> who care about others. It's well, great. We'll put some links in the show notes to support stuff. Yes, indeed. Support financially with your voice, however you can, whatever it feels right to you. But yep. we can't like sit by and not say anything. We couldn't. Yep. I think that's it for this week. All right. Okay, friends. Um, Yeah. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Yeah. And also send in your book reviews. Oh, book club. We're coming up on book club in five episodes. Episode 40. 40. Yeah. So yeah, send in. We want to hear what's your favorite book you've been reading. Yes. Just or a book you liked or a book you didn't like. Oh, we also got a letter from a friend this week. Um, Our friend Ryan wrote in. He's a few episodes behind, but he was talking about the Taylor Swift episode. So. Nice. Thanks for the note, Ryan. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Good to hear. So send stuff in to us. You can send emails at lettersfromtheroadpod at gmail.com. You can. You can find us on socials at lettersfromtheroadpod. You'll see I wrote this week a letter about trying to be more on the socials <laughs> so hoping to have more for you there um you'll have to hold me accountable for that so, <laughs> yeah trying to be more present there. yeah let us know if you care about that too yeah i i think i'm viewing it as a way to uh, another way Reach to connect out. with you guys that yeah. already listen and a way to bring more people into the lftr community yeah for sure so as much as we love we love every one of you and we're so glad you're here. We have such a great, consistent and engaged group. Yeah. And I don't want to lose that. I yeah. just I I think there's some more people out there that would uh we would enjoy having in the fold. So Yeah, totally. That's kind of the goal. Yeah. 
I think there's there's plenty <laughs> plenty potential pen pals. Yes. Out there. Yes. Awesome. And if you want to become a pen pal, come on over to the Substack letters in the road and upgrade your subscription. That helps us out a lot. And uh, we love getting to you chat and hang out with all of you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So fun. Can't wait to talk I to you in the Discord. Love it. Awesome. And yeah, if you've never done Discord before, it's super easy. It's just a chat. Yeah, it's kind of like chat rooms from yeah. when we were younger. So it's really just having like a, a big group text with, or like if, if you've had Slack at work or Teams at work or yeah, something like that. it's like it's, that. It's like that. Things and pictures and emojis, yeah. and but mostly we just chat throughout throughout the week. So come join us. Different channels for different topics. It's a lot of books and travel. Yep. And if you have thoughts on this episode or any of our other episodes, you can reach out there on the Discord. You yep. can email us like you already respond mentioned. Respond on Substack. Respond on Substack. Respond uh, on socials. Leave us a review. So a five-star rating and a review really goes a long way as well in helping us reach more people. And uh, it really helps if you share an episode that you like with somebody yeah if you share on the socials we'll we'll uh, we'll shout you out on the episode yep so thank you everyone thank you for being here we love (laughs) you see you down the road bye